Hello, and welcome to Relevate Presents Scholar's Ship, the podcast where we use real research to analyze, scrutinize, and humanize your favorite TV and movie couples. I'm your host, Eric Goodcase. Hello and welcome to the very first Relevate Presents Scholarship debate. Um, I will be joined by a good friend of mine and a fellow student of mine at my program, Hunter Stanfield. Hunter, thanks for joining us. It's nice to be here. Can't wait to uh, prove you wrong. <laughs> and moderating the debate is our, um, I've called him a guest before, really he's kind of a co-host. So Denzel, Dr. Denzel Jones will be joining us again. Denzel, thank you for joining us. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. He'll be the uh, referee of this <laughs> very intense debate that we'll be having. Let's hope it's intense. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm sure it will be. Hopefully no ears get bitten off and, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> hey, we'll see how it goes. We don't have any Mike Tysons in the room, I think. Uh, <laughs> but you never know. So before we get into the actual debate, I did want to allow Hunter a chance to introduce himself and talk a little bit about his research interest and what he enjoys doing. So Hunter, if you want to go ahead and do that. All right. Well, so most of my research interest, and I guess clinical interest as well as a couple and family therapist center around the idea of men and masculinity and specifically men's mental health and men's important relationships. So whether that's with family members, friends, uh, at work, colleagues, things of that nature. And I think it's becoming more apparent if you read the news about how come this may be an important topic or demographic to explore and learn more about as uh, specifically, hopefully we're going to, you know, as we debate and we bring up some different things about how masculinity plays into specifically today relationships that people can begin to understand maybe how to uh, better understand men and their lives or their relationships, but also for men themselves to begin to see how maybe some aspects of mental health and relational health are important to their overall well-being. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that um, the society we live in sometimes uh, doesn't necessarily lead men down those roads, right? And towards value relationships or towards viewing mental health as important. Yeah, it's, it's very much a, a learned mindset from early on. I think we could say at least in Western culture in the United States of mm -hmm. There is a version of a stereotypical man, um, and though it may vary to some degree by different cultures and racial, racial and ethnic, uh, ethnic groups that uh, men are not, it's not really okay for men to seek help mm -hmm. from a professional, whether that's medical professionals, uh, mental health professionals, they're more apt to say, I got this on my own, or really even to not acknowledge that something's going on. And we're beginning to see the effects of that in a lot of ways for men as they grow in, as they get older in later life, they don't have a lot of the coping skills to handle difficult life situations. And so that's how come, for example, men, uh, the research shows have higher rates of substance use than women, um, higher rates of suicide than women, um, and, you know, their depression, their anger, all the stress, the anxiety they feel are all a component of that. Yes. And certainly um, the way society is constructed, we can look at it as a way of like a privileging men with male privilege. But there are a lot of things um, that the patriarchy has that does kind of um, hurt men as well. And I think people, um, I think it's an important thing to note that while it does hurt women, obviously it does also hurt men in certain ways. And I think that's kind of be the focus of, um, what we're talking a little yeah, bit about today. Definitely. Cool. 
Um, so let's get into uh, setting up the debate. I will explain what the debate will look like, and then I'll turn it over to our referee moderator, Denzel. Um, so this was kind of born out of a conversation about um, kind of like uh, guilty pleasure movies. Uh, we were just kind of talking about what our guilty pleasure movie is, and Hunter mentioned that his guilty pleasure was The Notebook. I have no shame in that. <laughs> I have seen it a lot of times, more often by myself. <laughs> no shame in that. Are you willing uh, to tell us who, who you also seen it with? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Uh, it's, and it's a movie that I particularly don't like, actually. That's fine. Um, each and that's own. why I think this, the, the idea of the debate got started. And then my guilty pleasure movie is the 1999 classic She's All That with Freddie Prince Jr. I, I don't know why I love this movie so much. And it's one of those that I, I like it. And then I, I remember that I like it, but when I, I forget how much I like it when I rewatch it. And I was just like, this is just so good on every level, <laughs> even though um, uh, Pete, others, including critics, might not have agreed with me. And we actually um, just to kind of like yeah, let, further let's, illustrate. Let's, let's illustrate what the critics think about this. Yeah. So this is what makes them guilty pleasure movies, right? <laughs> Critically speaking, they aren't very well thought of. So would you like to read? A... I'll read She's All That and you can read the notebook. Oh, okay. Perfect. You know, just to kind of get going. Back yeah. What's forward. your favorite so according review? According to Rotten Tomatoes, the tomato meter rating for She's All That is 39%. Ooh. This is where you really need those, like, it's pretty low. pipe it's in pretty low. sounds or whatever. Yeah. Wow. And then the audience wow. score is 55%, you know? So the audience likes it a little bit better. A little bit better, you know? So would you like to, I think I think it's important that you add in the what they say about the notebook though. So the notebook actually has a higher rating from critics. It's got a 52% on the tomato meter. Mm. And the audience rating is an 85%. So it's mm. a pretty big difference. And I think this one's a pretty common um, guilty pleasure, you know, the distance between what most people think and like the um, And maybe too, this is a fact of this came out later and maybe a lot of people haven't gone back and really yeah. read it. And what's I'll funny is that. like I'll give you that. And what's funny is like I feel like I, in my mind, these movies came out really far apart, but they really didn't. No. I think it's like five difference. year difference. Yeah. Like the notebook came out in 2004 and, and uh, she's all that came out in 1999. Yeah. And I feel like she's all that as like a classic, like early, like it should have came out in the same time was coolest based on like, <laughs> it, it's essentially a, a, a different kind of, it's, it's very clueless esque, but it's came out a little bit later than that. So. Um, these movies weren't actually that far apart. Um, they're very different kinds of movies. Yes. So She's All That is not trying to be a comedy in any stretch of the imagination. It's a dramatic, romantic movie, whereas She's All That is definitely you more of a comedy. Nobody. Oh, what did I say? You said She's All That twice. Oh, shoot. The Notebook is not supposed to be meant to right. be a comedy. Yes, She's All That is supposed to be meant to be a comedy. The Notebook is not. The Notebook is supposed to be very dramatic and romantic. She's All That definitely has – it's definitely a rom-com. Yes. Um, so – because of that, there's going to be some differences in like um, how things will be perceived. And we'll get into that a little bit as we get into the debate. But and I think the other thing to highlight is we have this, we have She's All That where it's a definite period of time in yes. high school. Mm -hmm. The notebook we have in many ways a lifespan, yeah. like early adulthood, 
to end of life. Yeah. So it's a different take on relationships. And that initial romance is probably around the same amount of time, yes. right? Like the, cause it's like spring break is when she's all that picks up to the end of the school year. Mm-hmm. And then the notebook, that initial romance is really just like that summer. summer. Um, but then we see what happens later, whereas in the notebook or then dang it. And she's all that. <laughs> <laughs> see, you're coming over to my side. Already. And she's all that. We don't see the future. So like, there'll be some things that like just, Differences in the movie that'll make for um, this to be a little bit awkward, but I think it'll still be a fun debate to have. In fact, we were talking about our idea to someone and it's like, why are you shooting those those two movies? They're so different. Debate two similar movies, but I think this is fun. So too bad for that guy. Any other? Oh, let me, uh, we have, so the debate's going to be based on three different categories. Forgot to mention this almost. So the three categories are, about the healthiness of the relationship itself Mm -hmm. and healthiness will be kind of like, we'll argue what that means. So healthiness in a relationship is kind of subjective. So we'll argue what that means. And then ultimately Denzel will be the judge. Mm -hmm. Um, So this would be for Allie and Noah and for, and I forgot the names of Laney and forgot Zach, Zach. right? Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, So we'll look at those relationships specifically and how healthy they are. The second category will be the messages sent by the movie. So sometimes, you know, movies have do have characters do something stupid, but like they, you know, they show that why that's not good. You know what I mean? There's negative consequences. So the movie itself is sending a message about relationships. Um, so we'll make arguments about like what movie is sending the most healthy relationships about Um relationships. So something negative might happen in the movie, but if something bad happens in it, that's actually the movie sending a good message about relationships. Or if something good happens in the movie is something like good outcome comes as again, it's a good message because every single thing a movie does is sending some kind of message, whether they're trying to or not. Uh, and the last category, uh, because Hunter's uh, research interest is men and masculinity, we're going to talk about the male protagonists and their healthy masculinity. So specifically for Noah and for Zach, and we can bring in some other characters too. I know you kind of mentioned maybe having something there. Um, in terms of which one displays the most healthy masculinity. So kind of like moving away from kind of like toxic masculinity. So things like violence, things like um, keeping in feelings when it would be appropriate, things like not wanting to competitive one. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of moving towards like showing masculinity in a healthy way. So traits that are traditionally seen as masculine, but doing it in a healthy way. Um, So that's all I got. Denzel, you want to take it from here? Yeah, I think uh, just kind of one more thing to add in uh, as the moderator. I have never seen either of these two movies, and that was very intentional. So I am coming in with a blank slate. Uh, And so it's going to be totally up to you guys to try to persuade me about which movie. So if the notebook... If the notebook loses and you're listening at home and you're really mad, that's all on Hunter. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So no, no one come from my head on this one. It's all and, it, to and I'll throw this out there too. If anyone listening knows any of the characters personally in these films, <laughs> please let them know about this podcast. I'd just be, that'd be fun. Yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> I was going to say too, um, We don't have quite a big Twitter following yet at this point in our um, young podcast life, but I will open up a Twitter poll about Notebook versus uh, She's All That. She's All That at the end. 
Okay. So Denzel will get the ultimate um, decision in terms of our debate, but we'll open it up uh, to, to the Twitterverse as well afterwards. Okay. Sounds cool. good. Sounds good. All right. All right. So Eric, she's all that hundred a notebook, correct? Yes. Let's all get right. ready to rumble. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> all right. So let's get started with the first category. Um, how healthy is the relationship? Let's let uh, let's let Hunter start out. Let's let get Hunter's perspective on a notebook in healthy relationships. Okay. So let's begin with how Noah and Allie's relationship began. Oh yeah, let's start with that. Let's start with that. <laughs> Probably I'm going to go ahead and put up front. Kind of creepy. <laughs> oh, it's beyond creepy. It's kind of creepy. Uh, however, I must say. It was Noah taking some initiative <laughs> and approaching Allie. Okay. Can you explain it so that Denzel knows what it is? Okay. So uh, the one of the open <laughs> scenes, I think, in the film is Allie is out with some of her friends at what back in the day was kind of like the spot where you go meet people. It would be a, like a county fair type thing. And Noah is there with his buddy, Finn. And uh, you could say there's already some introducing some class differences where Allie and her friends are maybe more upper class and mm-hmm. Noah and his buddy are maybe more lower class or working class, middle mm-hmm. class in their area, work in their town. And so uh, you can see that in the appearance of their dress, maybe the way they're interacting, the way they're talking. And Noah observes Allie across the way, basically walks up to her and initiates a conversation with her. And they have mutual friends, right? Like his friend was friends with her friend or something. Oh, that's right. Finn and uh, Allie's friend are mutual friends. Mm-hmm. So there's kind of this, hey, how's it going? But Noah's just in awe of Allie and stands there staring awkwardly. And so I'm just going to say standing there awkwardly. I wonder how different that is, though, from nowadays, people looking awkwardly at someone's Instagram feed or Twitter or not Twitter, but uh, Tinder or Bumble profile. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to say there's some creepiness happens in different in different forms. Dude, we haven't even got to the creep. Okay. (laughs) so then uh, he proceeds to uh, jump in the Ferris wheel with Allie and this other guy that she's with and uh basically what does he decide to do oh he decides to to hang on to a bar mm-hmm. and essentially put an ultimatum and force her saying if you don't go out with me i'm gonna let go of this bar yeah so he he jumps like he jumps onto this ferris wheel with her with, when she's like on a date and like it's hanging from the ferris wheel <laughs> yeah, like saying that if he if she says no so he's like he's like manipulating manipulating her but that's not even a strong enough word he's like yeah, if I, if, if I let go, it's because of what you did. Yeah, he's like putting his life in her, like her saying yes to a date. Just very, yeah, it's intense. Yeah, uh, as we, I will say that we, as a couple of family therapists and as people who have researched, researchers would not suggest that. Absolutely not. That's not a good idea. If this, there's like an asterisk or like a fine print. Yeah, do not do this as a means of initiating contact with someone not recommended. Yeah. It's very unhealthy and it's very like, it's very unfair to the, to the girl as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I will say that that's the, that's that, but that's that one snapshot. Uh, they eventually do go on a date mm-hmm. where they go to a movie, I believe. And then after the movie, they begin to, again, kind of like another small town thing, mm-hmm. uh, form of getting to know each other. They lay down in the middle of the road late at night and they look at the stars and the traffic light. Mm-hmm. And I will say being from a small town, 
you there's not a lot of people roaming around at night and you can literally just lay down in the middle of the road and look up at the stars and it's fine. Now they almost get run over. So I don't recommend that piece, <laughs> but it begins. It's the initiation part of them beginning to actually get to know each other. Then they dance in the middle of the road and that kind of takes form. And that is the, that's the beginning of their summer romance. Yeah. So, but also from there, the healthiness of their relationship is that they spend a lot of time together. Mm-hmm. Uh, even with, uh, it seems like from whatever Noah has his work going on and Allie has her school or other things, if they aren't in either of those places, they are spending time together. They get to meet each other's families, which is, I think, an important part in any relationship, getting to meet the um, other person's parent or parents, see what that dynamic is like. But again, because of the social class difference, there's a stark contrast between Noah's family and Allie's family Mm -hmm. and how they perceive life to be or the easiness, I guess you could say, of life. The health of their relationship, though, is it's a lot. I don't know that there is much health early on. So I can't, I can't in good, in good conscience argue that early on uh, there is health. In fact, there is an instance of domestic violence mm-hmm. early on in the, it's portrayed in the video where Ali uh, slaps Noah while they're having an argument in public. And then Noah, I guess you could say as a means of controlling Ali or calming her down, but still controlling Ali, yeah. grabs her and hugs her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but domestic violence is a part of their early relationship. Yeah. Uh, what else may be a characteristic they fight a lot. They do. They're, it's a very hot or cold. And you don't see the fighting a ton, but you see um, him. T- so the story is told from future Noah. Mm-hmm. And future Noah tells um, the part, and he just kind of says that they fought all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like what well, you like know. Like cats and dogs. Fighting. Like cats and dogs. Yeah, I don't yeah. know exactly the line, but yeah. There was a lot of fighting, and then there was a lot of intense emotional yeah. engagement between both of them. They were certainly, they have this like chemistry, but it's an emotional roller coaster. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I can't in good conscience say early on the health of the relationship was ideal. Okay. It was so, pretty toxic. Quick question, quick question. And so, mm-hmm. if you're saving bullets for later, Feel free to not like to not engage in this question. But you said early on that their relationship wasn't that healthy. Is there some turning point to where it does start to become healthy or like they <laughs> do resolve some of the issues that are going on? Or I think they have their kind of like crucible moment later on in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the ultimate health of the relationship is shown by the uh, the switching between old Noah and Ali and the the older versions of themselves and the younger version of themselves. As they get older, there's kind of like this. They've come through a lot together and there is a an evidence of their commitment to each other, regardless of what has gone on in the past. Okay. So I would say if they had not come through all of that, you would not have the ending that is uh, so kind of sentimental or like, ah, at the end of the notebook. Yeah. Do you want to explain the ending to him as not well? Not yet. Oh, okay. You want to hold that? Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> but I'll, I'll hold my, I'll hold my um, thoughts as well on that. Okay. Um, do you have any other... About the health of their relationship? Yeah, because you can bring in stuff from later on that explains your point for the health of the relationship. Um, one of the things that I will say, maybe if we're... Uh, Health of the relationship. You oh, from their families, you have you see two different ways about how to approach relationships. Mm-hmm. From uh, Ali's family, you can see it's maybe more of 
the status of someone, that's a very important characteristic. So what job do they have? How much money do they make? That's kind of like one of those things that's evaluated. It's not necessarily about how much you actually uh, love or care for the other person um, or maybe even the type of person they are. Like if they can provide, Mm -hmm. that's kind of a characteristic and important trait. Whereas with Noah's dad, really, because his mom is down the picture. I think she had passed away or something along those lines or was not in the picture. I think she actually did pass away. Okay. Um, but uh, Noah's dad is of completely different take where they are more friends, but his dad has uh, worked hard and his dad's like, yeah, relationships are important. Um, he's more willing to engage Ali as kind of like a, a peer or a friend, you know, invite her into things, even though it may not be part of her social class. Mm-hmm allow her to engage with him as Noah's dad. So there was a difference in like what healthy relationships look like between Noah and Allie and their families, mm-hmm. so to say, uh, where Noah had more of a, I guess you could say reciprocal healthy relationship with his father mm-hmm. as a baby to oppose to Allie that had more of like a, my parents are going to tell me what I can and can't do type relationship. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, do you want to bring anything from late, like the middle part of the movie or later into the movie? Cause I have shots to fire against some of these things. Well, you really have a spreadsheet. Yeah, man. I have a whole thing ready. <laughs> Dang um, I want to let I want to let you go. Okay. Cuz yeah, we can get into how the relationship evolves. Yeah. So, I'm going to I'm going to shoot some sh- shoot something. I'm going to rebuttal to some of okay. your points. Okay. So, obviously the Ferris wheel thing is pretty over the top. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, they do fight all the time. Uh, and that's kind of emblematic of what you said of their kind of their very high levels of emotional response. And I would say that that's kind of characteristic of um, kind of having like uh, maybe lower boundaries. Um, I think that they are so reactive to each other in both positive and negative ways that it like starts to get out of control like that intense good feelings they get doesn't come without the intense, like fighting as well. Um, and they had a very, what I, I have in my notes, a very over the top breakup, if you remember. So when they broke up, I don't remember exactly why they broke up. I think it was cause she was leaving and she didn't tell him, right? There was a moment where I was, it was at her, um, they were at their, the old house, right? about to have their first sexual encounter, mm-hmm. it seemed like. And which I will say, I think they didn't communicate a ton about sex, but they made sure both people were ready for sex, which I liked. So mm-hmm. that's possible. So as they way. both kind yeah. of set the stage in the mm-hmm. moment, all that kind of stuff. But it was uh, because Allie was gone and her parents couldn't find her, uh, the police were out looking, Finn busted in the house, that awkward, like roommate scene. Where oh, he's yeah. like, Oh gosh, what is going on? Uh, sorry. But you know, Allie's parents are looking for her, the cop, the police are involved. Mm-hmm. And so, because that was like the tipping point for Allie's parents to say, gotcha. this is not going to continue. Mm-hmm. She wasn't, her family wasn't supposed to leave till later in the summer, like a week or two later. Uh, and the next day it was, they packed up everything. She ran to find Noah at his work. Mm-hmm. He was out. Um, her family just left mm-hmm. and then Noah went back to the house and the gates to the front, to the front gates to the house were locked. And that was kind of like the end yeah. of their relationship. Well, they broke up that night where, um, with the scene at the house. 
So after, well, no, that was, that was earlier. So well, they, they did break up. They did break and up. And they never they, got to re they were they, trying to reconvene. Cause after they had this overly emotional breakup and it was like something that like, I can't remember the exact things they were saying to each other, but they were not kind of like doing a job of kind of regulating in the moment and being able to go, I understand where you're coming from, but this is where I'm coming from. It was a lot of like a lot of personal attacks in the moment. Uh, and then fine, we're breaking up fine, fine. That kind of a thing. Uh, and then as he's pulling away, she's like, we're not really breaking up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, which does, I will say, does give some more credence to like the nature of their relationship. Like mm -hmm. this, that would be a typical interaction in him saying we're breaking up. And she's like, wait, but with that, this has likely gone on before. And we yeah. haven't really broken up before. Yeah. And also to be fair, they're what? 16, 17, mm -hmm. they're supposed to be pretty young. So like this is late. Some of this stuff is pretty typical adolescent, like developmental mm -hmm. stuff. Um, but you can say the same thing about she's all that when we get to that. I will. Yeah, I'm sure you will. <laughs> um, <laughs> so they have this breakup and then they eventually, the way they get back together um, is interesting. So Allie is in a relationship with another man named Juan. He, they seem to be, they have some chemistry just from their interactions. Uh, things seem to be going well. They share the same social status. They share the same social status. Which the parents like him a lot. The parents approve. Um, and then he proposes to Allie. Allie says yes. How long, do you know how long they were together at that point? Probably longer than two months. Probably longer than two months. <laughs> anyway. So she sees Noah's picture in a newspaper who had... So this, okay, I got to, yeah, you can throw this in this. here. You can, I'll, this actually, I have plenty to say. This ties in, uh, some of the other criteria. This ties in the views, uh, like masculinity. Mm -hmm. So Noah, because after Noah or Ali left, he proceeds to write her a letter once a day for 365 days, mm -hmm. which, uh, Ali's mom finds before Ali can find them and then hides all the letters. So Ali has no idea that she is, he has written all these letters to her. And at the end of one year, he's basically, I'm giving up. He has moved. He has gone back to that old house where the first time they were going to have sex mm -hmm. occurred. He had completely rebuilt it because that moment when they were having sex, that was like a, we could live in this house together. We're going to rebuild it together type thing. So he still hung up on he her. He still hung up on her, yeah. which you see him become, um, which I wouldn't necessarily call healthy. Just don't get into that part. Okay. okay. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> The view, the, the view of masculinity, the, the idea of masculinity here is like, it's like fill the dreams. If I build it, she will come. Mm -hmm. And not only with that, it's focused more on what he's going to do as opposed to who he is as a person mm -hmm. that may relate to, does she, re did she really value who I am? Or is it just more about what I can do? And so he buys into that idea and then his substance use goes through the roof. Mm -hmm. You see a lot of anger. You see a lot of, and what we would say there is he, he's very much more depressed then he yeah. is angry. Although yeah. the anger is how men mostly manifest depression. Mm -hmm. This goes on for a long time. He has a fling with another um, woman in town who is the widow of mm -hmm. someone. Very um, dismissive relationship. Yeah, very dismissive yeah. Uh, relationship. So that goes on. And then that's when you were referring to Allie just kind of shows up mm -hmm. at his house. After this, being proposed, after getting engaged. After getting engaged. They're not married yet. So after, after who got engaged? Allie so got engaged. Allie got engaged to another man. 
And then showed up um, at Noah's house. And then showed up at Noah's house. So that speaks to, who, by the way, she had known for two months as a teenager. <laughs> this is like six years later, right? This is like this five is or six years after. later. Yeah, so it's, after. it's after Noah was in the war. Um, Lon was also in the war. Mm-hmm. Uh, Allie was like a nurse in the war. So this is like after the war. So it had been like five or six years at least. Yeah. Uh, I will say, too, it speaks to both of the, the intensity of the connection they had mm-hmm. when they were younger adolescents, late adolescents together. And that lingering thought of what if they still kind of had that, even though they were in the midst of other relationships with other people. That's interesting. So That's interesting they both take. had that idea of like, yes, I'm in trying to have a relationship. I am having a relationship. I could marry this person. I could kind of be with this person over here. Mm-hmm. But yet there's still this idea of this person that I really cared about a long time ago. And that keeps them stuck. Yeah. And I think there's an kind of an over idealization of the relationship because of those intense emotions. Um, I'll save my point on that for later okay. about the healthiness of messages from the movie. But okay. so you, you there comes a point, though, when Ali, uh, after she's engaged, she sees his photo Oh, the whole that whole scene where she sees the photo is hilarious, too, because she's putting on her wedding dress, trying on her wedding dress and somebody's the newspaper flops open and there's a picture of Noah in front of this house that he has built for her. Mm -hmm. She passes out. And so (laughs) she decides to then get in her car and drive and just knock on Noah's door. Um, And they proceed for like, what, two days? The first day they have this like just kind of he's kind of like perplexed, like, what are you doing here? Yeah. And then they start to slowly get back into how they used to be. Mm-hmm. And in fact, later that night of the first night, the woman that Noah had was being with, had been with mm-hmm. comes over. They all have dinner <laughs> together, you know, and she, the, the other woman, what's her name? Uh, uh, I have it. Martha Shaw. Martha Shaw at the end of this, of that night leaves his house and says something to the effect of like, this is her, this has been her. This is the one that you were so caught up or, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So she even sees it yeah. from him being in the room with her, with Allie. Um, Allie then proceeds to, does she sleep? No, she didn't sleep over that night. Oh, it, yeah, I think, yeah. No, like yeah, the second she does. Night, is it? She does because she wakes up the next morning, I think, and goes, and he has created her art studio. Oh, yeah. And she proceeds to go in there. Um they then go on the famous uh, canoe ride mm-hmm. uh, through the the swamp area and see all the birds. Which you got to, if you're not, if you don't know, look up this and read about the scene about how the, all those birds got there. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. Is it? Can you like give a quick aside? I want yeah, to so, Well, I'll just go ahead and say it. So the director, I think it was, um, he told whoever the, the production company, this is what I want to happen. They're like, you're crazy. This is not going to happen. We can't get that many birds. So what he did is that the, when they started shooting in the area, he went and bought a bunch of baby ducklings mm-hmm. or ducks and then uh, put them in that area. And so over time, they became familiar with everybody. And when they went out, they were all there. Interesting. So it took time That's to get cool. to that point. That's but you cool. can look it up and read more later. So they go on that famous um, scene out in the water, canoeing, whatever. They kind of start to get into the conversation of like, uh, or it starts raining, you know, then they have that famous, they are, they're on the dock scene, which they won an MTV movie award for like the kiss scene or whatever. Oh, yeah. But it's like, they're soaking wet. They're yelling at each other. What do you want? <laughs> like, this is how they all, it's all, 
this is the climax part. It's always they, so intense. She runs into his arms. They kiss. He carries her into the house. They end up having sex. And then she is supposed to wake up the next morning. Um, she wakes up this morning and her mo- mother is there because her mother is found out. Yeah. And basically uh, takes Allie away, shows Allie a version of her mother's life that of her life that could have been had she married someone of Noah's stature or social mm-hmm. class that said your father could provide so much more to me. So Allie has these like conflicting ideas of like who, what do, this is what my parents want. What do I really want? Mm-hmm. She ends up coming back to Noah. And then that's when you kind of, all those parts are uh, intermixed with scenes from the long-term care facility that they're at. You're skipping a part. She goes back to Lon. After she has this conversation, after she spends those days with Noah, she goes back to Lon and she says, I love you. You're the one. And then there's like a cut scene and you find out that oh. Noah and Allie were together. So he, goes, oh. so he has these two days. She has these two days with Noah, tells her fiance that she still loves right, him and wants yeah. to be with him. And then we don't know exactly what happened after that, but she ends up with Noah. Mm-hmm. Just throwing that out there. Okay. I, I, you're, you're right. I forgot that scene. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any else, anything else that you want to bring in? We can. So I guess the, the part about the health of the relationship, mm-hmm. um, they both had their kind of moments at the end where they became more of an individual as opposed to kind of like, I have to do what the other person wants me to do or what someone else wants me to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that set the trajectory of what you see later on in the film of them yeah. being in a more healthy relationship later on in life. So this was all... A leading up. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, man. I was just thinking, like, your idea of a healthy relationship is really interesting. Well, we, we, don't, we don't see all the parts, but they end up having yeah. children. He ends up actually staying with her while she has dementia, mm-hmm. uh, like, staying connected to her. He's not leaving her behind to, to, like, deteriorate in a long-term care facility. Like, this is still very much the love of his life, mm-hmm. even though he's not getting from her what likely he would have gotten in terms of emotional connection, physical intimacy, mm-hmm. uh, communication, all that kind of stuff, support. He's still giving that to her, even though she's not reciprocating. So, mm-hmm. to me, that is evidence of they, there was some growth that occurred that we don't necessarily see from the film that happened over time. Can I make a counterpoint? Mm-hmm. So what he's referring to about saying with her what, through dementia, which I actually, I agree with all that you're saying here, but there is another element to this that I think is um, problematic because him being so involved with her when she's in that state hasn't necessarily been healthy for her. She had, what was the, she had like a panic attack. Yeah. Yeah. There's a medical emergency. There was like a medical emergency that kind of was brought on by Noah. Um, I don't remember exactly what happened. Noah like said, no, like she started to figure out. She had a lucid moment. She had a lucid moment and then it went away. Yeah. Um, so by, I would say that this is more, I, while I agree that he's doing, something pretty noble. I think there are some selfish aspects to it mm. because I think he's doing it more for him. Cause it's not necessarily been good for her health either mm. in some ways. And he also like, even though she has dementia and doesn't remember him, she snuck into her room and slept with her as well. They both died, which was sad also, but like, that's kind of like, that's, that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. That's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> Um, so on. So she's all that opens up with uh, a breakup. So Zach um, is the popular kid in school. 
and the most popular girl in school breaks up with him for someone from the real world that she met on spring yeah, break. Let's talk about health. Okay. Let's talk about healthy. <laughs> we're, 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 first of all, the criteria is the health of the relationship between Laney and Zach. So we'll get to that. So Zach is upset after a breakup, as anyone would be. Um, and his friends are trying to, uh, his friends are trying to convince, I don't remember exactly where the conversation goes, but the friends are kind of like giving him a hard time and talking about how great his old girlfriend was. And his response to that is like, no, she wasn't that great. It's circumstantial. It's because, um, of popularity. It's because of all these things that people perceive her as being so great. She isn't actually so great. Um, so they're like, so they make a bet, him and his friend. So him and Paul Walker. And Dooley Hill. And Dooley Hill, yeah. I, I, I forgot Dooley Hill. In it. I yeah, love me too. Dooley Hill. By the way, this movie is full of so many great. I know. Movies. Little Kim is in there. Little Kim. Usher's in it. Usher's in it. And, um, oh, hold on. <laughs> Sarah Michelle Geller is in like a very brief scene also. Anyway. Karen Culkin. Macaulay yeah, Culkin's yeah, Macaulay Culkin's brother. brother, yeah. Um, <laughs> Gabrielle Union? Gabrielle Union. Yeah, I forgot she was in it. She was really good at it. This too. is she not was a, a way to, to keep me from being biased. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... I totally lost my train of thought. So competitive. Oh yeah. So there's like there was a so they make a bet. Him, uh, Zach and his friends make a bet that Zach can turn anyone into prom queen, basically. And this is in spring break, so he doesn't have a lot of time. So they pick out instead of picking out girls who would be clearly like much harder to do this with, they pick Lainey, um, who is kind of an artsy chick, supposedly. And she's, I guess, supposed to be seen as unattractive because she has glasses and a ponytail. <laughs> it's really basically it. But like clearly not an unattractive person to us watching. But like they act like it's like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you picked her. She's the most anyway. So that's how things start. Zach starts to try to like start a relationship with Lainey, asks her out. She's not interested because she's kind of um, she sees, confused. Yeah, she she's conf- I don't know if she's confused. She just sees like there's something else. There's going something on else, or like you are a person that I don't think is really worth my time. Mm-hmm. And that kind of goes on for a little bit, and he kind of like is looking for an opportunity to. Um, kind of like bond with her in a way. So she gives him a, so she has a friend, by the way, just total side note, her friend in this uh, is a guy friend. So kind of like, and they could have totally gone the route of like Ducky from, um, is that pretty in pink? I don't remember. Um, But the best friend who's like actually in love with her and like tells her to like avoid. But her friend actually encourages her to like just try something new. Like, you know, like, you know, you never know what can happen. So which I love that character. That was great. More rom-com should be like that. That's just really nice that there's a guy who's not like, oh, I'm in the friend zone. Um, He really is like interested in being her friend and tries to help her and encourage her. Totally off topic, though. So she's really into art. So Freddie Prince Jr., goes to one of her art performances. Um, so it's it's kind of like overly stereotypical about like what an art performance would look like. Very it's, much so. it's a little kind of over it's the top. It's Los Angeles. Yeah, that's true too. It takes place in LA. Um, and then she kind of like messes with him a little bit and has them call him on stage to perform. So one, I think this shows that he has a lot of bravery in terms of like, um, he's not... He, you could argue that he's a little bit pushy, like starting the date, but like um, 
just kind of bravery growing up and like taking a chance and like trying to connect with something that um, someone he's interested in is interested in, right? Like he's trying to do art, but he's not doing it in a way that's not true to who he is. So he could have gone up there and tried to be like overly artsy and try to like make something up. But instead he plays, he's a soccer player. He plays hacky sack. And while he's doing hacky sack, he kind of talks about all the pressures he's under. Yeah. Um, we can get into that a little bit more later, but it was a really cool thing of him connecting to Lainey through one of her interests while still maintaining his own identity. He didn't go so far as to where um, he was going for it. And I think that's a really good lesson for relationships because yes, you want to like be, um, you want to like connect on things and you want to like try to learn things or like, you know, maybe like try common something. Interest yeah. Common interests, like maybe like trying something you wouldn't normally try. Um, but you don't want to lose yourself in that as well. And he didn't do that. He didn't like lose himself. Well, and can we pause there? Yeah. yeah. Hey, let's go back to how this all the catalyst, the genesis of all this, mm -hmm. a competition, three guys <laughs> in a circle saying, this is the game that we're going to play mm -hmm. and it's you have to win. Here's essentially what you have to do to this woman. Mm -hmm. Can we talk about the health, healthiness approach, the motivations, I guess, mm -hmm. of engaging I, someone out of this? I think if I were to boil my argument down between the two movies would be in terms of growth. Okay. So the notebook is chemistry and over the top and um, kind of like overly emotional all the time. Zach and Lainey go from one place and move to another. So Zach definitely is in this place. One, he's getting off a breakup and he's angry and like that certainly plays up and he's having, like, he ends up like not being friends with this one of these guys at the end because mm -hmm. if he shows growth, but He's in this There's place and he definitely gets them. into this. We're not there yet. He gets into this relationship <laughs> for the wrong reasons. But when he starts to engage, he does it in a way that's respectful to her. And he does end up liking her. Like, it's very clear that he ends up liking her and that she ends up liking him. Okay. We're going to. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the, the art scene yeah well, my so favorite scene of the movie he does i thought this that, is my favorite that scene. guy it's was, amazing because it was something of what you mentioned you unique art to him it mm -hmm. wasn't just pulling something out of his yeah ass can i say that here you can say whatever you okay. want uh, we put out later for okay. you too. and then uh he does bring up some very unique pressures that he's feeling and yeah. it's a lot of pressure from his parents which yep. we can talk about mm -hmm. later and at the end of it they walk out and they're walking down the street and it seems like it becomes more about him than it does about her. He was talking about, oh, did you see me? And did you see this? And it became, he was riding the rush. It was riding the rush. Yeah. And it became less about like, I get what you are, you, what you're, what you experience up here. And I had a sentiment. I felt that and I can see how important this is. And it, be, and it was more about, look at me, what I can do. And there was a moment towards the end of that, if I recall correctly, where she was kind of like, are you kidding me? Well, I'll get there. Okay. I'll get there. So I agree with what you're saying. I, I disagree. Actually, I disagree with the part about it being about him. I think it was a way of connecting. Like I experienced something that you experienced, like that's a way of connecting with someone. And while he was pretty excited and he was doing a lot of the talking like that, you know, but the thing you're referring to is where 
he uh, he looks at her and says, your eyes are beautiful. And then she's just like, all right, no way. Like, this is ridiculous. And that's what kind of like drives her away. So it was, it was him kind of trying to like make a romantic move too soon. And she does a really good job of setting healthy boundaries, something that Ali and Noah could learn. <laughs> and kind of like... <laughs> And kind of like saying, like, that's not where we're at in this relationship. We've hung out once. Like, I'm not going to, like, listen to you say my eyes are beautiful right now. We're not there yet. So how come she you think she recognized that at that point in time? Because it seemed ingenuine. Okay. So do you. Because it wasn't genuine. It was. Yeah. And he was still connecting to her, but he had like he wasn't do he wasn't trying to like hit on her in a connecting way. He was doing it in like his old way. He's doing it in the Paul Walker way. He's doing it in the way that he did with Taylor, his Mm -hmm. ex-girlfriend. And that wasn't going to work because that's not like that's not genuine to him. It's not genuine to their relationship. And again, growth over time. He learns that later. But at first he's like, this is how I'm supposed to do it. And then he tries that. I would say that because of the, from what I saw on uh-huh. screen, it seeming that the, that, that specific moment, it was more about him and here's what I did up on stage and then leading to kind of, you have beautiful eyes. Mm-hmm. I... <laughs> I don't see that as connecting with her. I would argue that she was pretty impressed with him and she was actually kind of like enjoying that conversation up until that point. That's so because he that. went, the next move was because I did this, I can then use a line to get with a woman. Mm-hmm. That's the part where it's, I really wonder about the motivations. Yeah. Uh, and I would hundred percent agree that at that time he was being ingenuine and trying to like push and try to like do things that society was telling him to do and kind of like what he thinks he's supposed to be as a man and as a person in this relationship, not being who he actually was. Okay. Whereas at the beginning of that relate at the beginning of that conversation where he's talking about how much he enjoyed on stage, that was him. And that's why she was kind of responding to that a little bit, but it changed so much when he started to like fall into that social pressure. Okay. Okay. Um, I also was going to mention um, there's a scene where they go to the beach together and they're having a conversation. And so there's, it's kind of like a scene that I've seen before where the girl's so uptight, she can't have fun. But I do appreciate that Zach, when he's having this conversation with her, acknowledges her interest in bigger issues. So she was talking about like some societal issue. And Zach, instead of just saying, like, you got to forget about that stuff, he's like, oh, like, I agree with you. There's stuff going on. He listens to her. And like, and then he kind of goes back to, but let's, you know, try to have some fun. So he does a really good job of kind of reflecting her and her interests and what she cares about while also kind of like helping her move towards having fun at the beach. And then they play volleyball with all his friends and it's a great time for all. Okay. I'm just going to say a side note. I've go been ahead. to that beach. Have you really? Yeah. We used to go hang out there. That's so it's funny. What, it's a wonderful place to kind of go hang and lay low and hang out. But I will say that that's when the movie begins to, uh, move away from who Lainey mm-hmm. really is and try to put her in the category of this is, more typical of a, a woman, a girl that, uh, what's that? Zach would be with. 
So I just wonder if Lainey had, uh, yes, she's growing too. Mm -hmm. She's moving beyond what is comfortable for her, just as Zach is and just as Noah did. Mm -hmm. There's persistence. Mm -hmm. And if she had kind of stayed in the, this is all the things that are important to me. I'm not going to, she has that moment where like she, what takes off her shirt and Mm -hmm. everybody's like, Ooh, like that's a very stereotypical of like, Oh, well maybe there's, Oh, okay. Yeah. As a maybe guy. she is attractive. Yeah, yeah, maybe she is attractive. But if there wasn't that, do you think that Freddie Prince Jr.'s character would have continued to pursue her? I think if there wasn't a physical attraction and he continued to pursue her, that would actually be unhealthy. You know what I mean? Okay. I think that having a physical attraction is an important part of it. It shouldn't be a main part of it, but it's certainly a part of like the beginning of a relationship. Okay. Hmm. And you, you know, about that, Hunter? Huh? you have thoughts about that? No, I think physical attraction can be and is important. Mm-hmm. I just wonder in how in the film it was kind of entered into yeah. uh, or it was portrayed. It was a very it was a scene that was um, less about maybe who she is as a person and more about uh, and it, her body. It starts to be where you start to see Zach kind of like not fall into the social pressure as much because Paul Walker starts to say something and you can tell Zach's a little uncomfortable with it. He doesn't like say anything back or um, do anything like overly like courageous or anything like that. But he does, you can see him start to get kind of like uncomfortable with all these kind of like social pressures around him. Okay. Yes. Um, and that's just a reminder that there's a competition going on about a woman. Yes. So (laughs) (laughs) as they kind of progress in their relationship, they start to open up to each other. They're open to influence from each other as well. So you see this mostly from Lainey being open to influence from Zach in terms of like changing her appearance a little bit and, um, being uh, more likely to like go to parties and things that she wouldn't normally do. Uh, but you see it from Zach as well in terms of like being interested in art. And eventually like that's something that like, becomes really interesting to him. And she starts to kind of move him out of the stuck place he is where he doesn't know what to do with his life and is so caught under these social pressures. She starts to influence him in a way to kind of like get beyond that. So the idea kind of being that Lainey is someone who's kind of like doesn't, really respond to social pressures as much. She's not like trying to like impress anyone with her dress or her attitude or anything like that. So that kind of rubs off on Zach and allows him to kind of grow in that way. And then she starts to grow in ways where she starts to be like more open to like going to social events. Um, She does change her appearance, um, but that's kind of framed more along. So she lost her mother at a really young age. So it was framed as like, she just didn't know how to kind of like present herself in the way she wanted to. And then uh, actually Zach's sister helps. So they start to kind of like change over time, but in ways that are still true to themselves and kind of like signify growth. Okay. Help me understand how you see some of the moves uh, Jack, Zach makes that seem to me to be kind of calculated. Mm -hmm. So he shows up to her house Mm -hmm. and starts playing video games with her brother. Yeah, that one's one's pretty manipulative, yeah. He starts to befriend her brother Mm -hmm in school yeah, and not, and then like a, she's not even, it's not like I'm doing this and she's not around. It's mm-hmm. she's kind of maybe within earshot or she can mm-hmm. see me doing this. Mm-hmm. And that puts, that gives me uh, points. 
Yeah, I think there is something to be said about kind of like almost being manipulated in that way. But you could also tell that he was legitimately trying to like bond with her brother. He got there, but initially it was this, it was a peeling back of the onion of this is a way, if I have to, to me, if I have to win this competition, this is a way I can kind of go about doing it. I know what I need to do mm-hmm. to paint myself potentially yeah. in a way that is going to make me, it's going to help me. Yeah. And you know what? He starts to talk to her dad too. Mm-hmm. And like starts talking about pool stuff. So her dad's a pool cleaner and he just talks to her dad for like a half hour about pool stuff. And, and I will say too, he, because there's, again, there's a social class yes, difference, social class difference, uh, socioeconomic difference. And I thought I will give Jack or Zach, 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 yeah. Zach credit of, he seemed to let that go mm-hmm. and not hold as much weight to that by showing interest in Laney's dad's work, yeah. um, by being involved in things that, for his social class probably mm-hmm. would not be typical. Yeah. And in the high school kind of like hierarchy of things, like Laney's brother is even lower than Laney. Mm-hmm. He's like a freshman or something. He's like younger. He has um, a hearing aid. Mm-hmm. He just kind of like looks um, like a kid who might get made fun of at a high school. He gets bullied. Um, and we'll get to that scene. Cause that's, no. <laughs> it's not a good scene for my uh, argument later. Um, but Zach, is attempting to bond with his brother in a legitimate way. Okay. Not just, I, I agree that it started that way, especially like the way he originally did it was like, Oh, you're not gonna come to the beach with me. I'll just hang out and play video games with your brother all day. Mm-hmm. And like, honestly though, she could have just like gone a different room, right? Like she didn't have to like be anywhere near Zach. He would have had to play video games with her brother the whole time. But you could see he started to like create a genuine bond later on. He also, well, the other one is like he used his wealth a little bit. So he had, or not wealth, he used his influence. His influence. His influence. You could say influence. You could, you could also say uh, hazing. Yeah. So he got the entire JV soccer team to come to her house and clean it. Yeah. Because she said she had to like stay home and clean instead of going to a party. Yeah. I don't <laughs> think is, that's calculated at all, you know? But it's it's also helping her kind of like move past kind of the wall she has. So she's putting up walls by using what by using his influence. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not saying that it's like a perfect thing to do. I'm just saying that like, she has all these walls up. Her friend's trying to encourage her to like break down these walls a little bit. And he's giving her the opportunity to say like, okay, this fake excuse you gave me about like you're cleaning your house. That's not on the table anymore. I'm giving you the opportunity. If you want to step forward and like, try to like move out of your comfort zone versus you can make up another excuse or just say you don't want to go. Okay. Okay. Where were we? Uh, you had just kind of finished explaining um, Zach's influence mm-hmm. to yeah. help Laney, help mm-hmm. quote unquote Laney. <laughs> um, and then I think you were about to maybe raise another point. Yeah. So I'm just going to kind of go further into the movie a little okay. bit and we'll try to wrap this up a little bit in terms of explaining the movie. So eventually Paul Walker, uh, I don't remember his actual name, but Zach's friend kind of like blow once starts to notice that Zach Dean, Dean starts to notice that Zach is starting to like actually have feelings for Laney and Laney's like they're starting to actually become a relationship there. What a D bag. He was a D bag. But the thing about this that I will I'll give a point in your corner here is that even though Zach is starting to have feelings, he's not going to he's not saying it to his friends. Right. He didn't like admit, like, actually, I'm starting to like he's still kind of playing it off as the bet. So Dean basically like goes up to Lady and like asks her out, saying that like Zach needs to stop this bet 
in a way to like kind of blow up everything. Mm-hmm. So now Lainey knows about the bat. She's mad. Zach's mad at Dean because Dean's a D bag and mm-hmm. trying to like mess with stuff. So they don't end up going to the prom together. Um, trying to remember what happens in between. Dean does take her to prom. Lainey is, is there's a competition for homecoming queen, homecoming quarter. Whatever. Oh yeah. yeah. Zach. Zach becomes homecoming old, king. Old ex becomes. And yeah, his ex is homecoming. And queen. So there's that scene where there's still like, there's a moment he's, he's torn yeah. between like, this is my ex, but there's also Lainey. I don't think he's torn at all. He's not having fun with Taylor at all, but there's like this moment, like he's on stage and yeah. is in his, X starts to kind of like yeah. go back at it. I think it's more symbolic of his growth of himself. So he has his old life where he's falling into social pressures and Lainey represents his like way of like being an individual. So like, yes, it is kind of like a scene that's supposed to be symbolic, but so it's not about like a, a climactic point in the film where he kind of has a chance to make a decision one way or the other. Yeah, that's, okay. that's fair. And he kind of like goes after Lainey and talks to her. Um, they, I don't remember exactly what the conversation is, but basically they kind of like get to the point where they're like in a relationship. So they talk things out and they really like each other. I think she says she feels like Julia Roberts at mm-hmm. one point. So like, there's definitely some like magic and fun and chemistry to the relationship. It's not all like, um, it's not devoid of the stuff that makes Ali and Noah's relationship look super fun. Cause like there's still a lot of fun and like good feelings and chemistry there. Um, and they really open up to each other too. Like she talks about her, her mother dying. He talks about the pressures with his dad. Mm -hmm. They kind of push each other a little bit. Um, she actually, her art teacher like comes to her in prom and says like, your last piece of art was the most laney I've ever seen. Like that's the most like, uh, personal thing I've seen from you because her her paintings before were like you know maybe technically good but like didn't have a lot of feeling behind them mm-hmm. so that was symbolic of her like moving and like putting down these walls that she had up and able to like kind of connect with people and the art teacher says like whatever you're doing don't change it and it had a lot to do with like engaging with Zach in that way can I uh, can we shift to something still with she's all that mm-hmm. um, but about the influence of the fathers yeah. On each of these characters. Yeah. Because I think that's a, a big point. Uh, Do you want to get into the masculinity stuff with this? Can we? Okay. Yeah, let's 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 it does kind of play into masculinity. Let's talk about masculinity um, for both a little bit. It won't be it'll have to be a little bit quicker than we talked about the healthy relationship part. But I think it's still important. OK, so what I just noticed from the specifically the fathers of mm-hmm. Zach and Lainey is. Uh, two very different approaches to masculinity. Yeah. Uh, where uh, Zach's father very was much pressure, succeed, career. Um, here's what you're going to do. I'm going to make that decision for you. And really, it's I'm going to make that decision for you because it, it's not. It, yeah, it's going to be good for you, but it's really going to look better for me. Look, you know, when I tell my kids that my friends that my kids go into Princeton or whatever college it is, um, and it's a reflection of dad's success. Where you have Laney's dad, who is more like, hey, you got to take risks, you got to take chances. Mm-hmm. Um, and no one else is really going to make you do that. And that's two different perspectives of fatherhood and masculinity that I think you can see 
respectively, the how they filter down to how their children yeah. lived out. So with Lainey, you did see more of like an individual, like she could more often than not, she knew who she was. She still grew. Dad challenged her. Also, though, she was very consumed in her responsibilities and not like mm-hmm. given the chance to kind of like move into yeah. who she was. Um, and I think that is a function of also being a single parent household. Yeah, for sure. As well. But then you have Zach's dad who uh, um, you see him kind of buy into that early on. He does make some does grow over time, mm-hmm. but that's still, still very much like something that's in the back of his mind. And he kind of eventually has to tell his dad, screw yeah. you. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> so he does make growth, I think, in terms of masculinity. But for both of them, there was an influence of masculinity on mm-hmm. their development as adolescents, early adults that kind of set the stage for mm-hmm. both of them interacting. Yeah. And it was very symbolic, like. Um, Zach's dad is very symbolic of all those pressures he was under. Mm -hmm. So Zach, I think my main argument in terms of like Zach displaying healthy masculinity, we can get into the parts where he does not display healthy masculinity. My main is that it's this journey that he goes through where he's in this place where he is so influenced by others and his dad and his friends and like what he's supposed to do as a popular male at this high school. And is able to kind of move past that. He um, he kind of starts to begin to reject some of the ideas of what popularity is and like what success is. Starts to move into like expressing his feelings more um, with Lainey and with others. Eventually, he stops being friends with uh, Paul Walker's character. I'm just going to keep oh Dean 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 D-bag. stops being friends with D Bag after a while. Um, is that really what they call him or, or no, just Dean. Yeah. Okay. Um, he starts to like, um, encourage Lane to open up and express her emotions as well. And like, that's not only is he comfortable expressing emotions, but he's like comfortable being around her emotions and like giving her a safe place to talk about them. He wasn't chasing sex with her at all. Um, Dean was like, it's not that they were taking sex out of the movie entirely, but like, he didn't really kind of like, um, go into that for that reason. Um, he expresses her feelings for her at the very end when he says that he wants, he cares about her and wants to be with her. Um, and there was a part in there. I don't remember exactly what this was, but I have a note that I kind of like that. He listened to his sister's advice. Oh, it was about asking late, like how to get basically how to like get Lainey's attention. Yeah. So his sister, he's basically like telling his sister that he couldn't get Lainey's attention. Lainey's not giving me the time of day. And she basically starts to kind of like, you need to like change how you view some of these things. And he listened to her advice. So like kind of like not being so caught up in like having to know what's right, which is kind of like this idea of men have to know what's right. They don't take directions, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But he like went to a sister and took the yeah. advice. He became more open to influence, yeah. but it did not come from his dad. Yeah, that's true. It came from his sister. Yeah. And then we can talk about some of the negatives in terms of his masculinity if you want to. <laughs> but that's, but I'll just wrap that up as like my thing with his masculinity is it, it was growth over time. He was so influenced by societal pressure that he later moved into like not being in it and still like maintain some like that healthy masculinity. Yeah. Come. Okay. I can go with that. No, no, no rebuttals, no argument. Yeah. You want to bring up some of the negatives? There are negatives. Uh, I would say there's a little bit of narcissism at the beginning where his photo is on the wall and he like has that <laughs> moment where he like makes sure it's straight. Um, it's just like, just how popular he is. Yeah. 
Uh, it's the idea of status yeah. that my masculinity is propped up by status, mm-hmm. titles, uh, schools I get into. Um, the other influences of masculinity in the film also come from the Joker that's, pro- that's uh, from MTV. Whatever. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Uh, Matthew Lillard's the actor. Yeah, but I, don't I mean, that was a whole aspect of masculinity that is very prevalent, I would say, but mm-hmm. that is more self-focused than other mm-hmm. focused in a lot of ways. Um, I still, the competition thing of how this all kicked off, I mean, there's evidence that it changed over time, Mm -hmm. but that what had to initiate Zach's character and even recognizing Laney Mm -hmm. was a competition. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a, I wonder about people, individuals, women in particular, that they not look like I prefer or my, who I've dated in the past, but Mm -hmm. there are other women out there that have different ideas, different perspectives that I could maybe even just be friends with. Mm -hmm. But I, it takes a competition for me to recognize others around me. Yeah. And I, I agree that at the very beginning, he's so wrapped up in that stuff that he's not acting in a very healthy way, masculine white. But he also, I will say even later on, there's a scene where the bullying scene. So this kid starts to bully <laughs> Lainey's brother and, and, st- and he stands up for use. He uses the influence in an appropriate way to kind of like stand up to this bully bullies, bullies, but then he bullies the bullies. So he yeah. totally ruined his kind of entire thing. That. Yeah. And it was a pretty funny scene. It is a pretty funny scene. It's, it's funny when you don't really think about it. I think if you think about it more, it's like it wouldn't be actually funny if that actually happened to someone. Yeah. Um, he basically, he has uh, the bully eat a pizza with his pubes on it because that's what they were going to make um, Laney's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they were going to make Laney's brother do that. So instead he has the bully to do that. But like, so he uh, stopped at intervening. That would have been that would have been a healthier masculine versus like bully, like bullying back. He was just like using like some of the toxic masculinity that the bullies were displaying. Whereas like he had enough influence where he didn't need to do that. Um, yeah, I would say that's that's a fair. But that's really the biggest thing. Like the, the rest of it, I think, is just like mostly front loaded. And he starts to change over time. Okay. Would Same you like to good. make would you like to make your healthy masculinity argument for Noah? Yeah, I would say that um, for Noah in particular, a lot of, again, I think I can pinpoint the role of the fathers Mm -hmm. in this and influencing both Noah and Allie, where you see um, Noah's dad really taking an interest in him and what's going on in his life. And you can see how that started from an early age when, you know, Noah is. Noah was stuttering. And so what does his dad do? He turns him on to poetry, mm-hmm. um, Whitman yeah. and others. And so there's a, a typical, there's an engagement of my son is going through a difficult situation or has a, a stutter. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not mocking him. It's mm-hmm. how can I help him work through this? And then he introduces him into poetry, which would not be, you would think, I think most would say a, a, a masculine thing to do. Mm-hmm. Although Whitman's pretty masculine. Huh? Whitman's pretty yeah. masculine. So there are, I mean, but that, that's, that's also the irony. A lot yes. of the poets that that um, <laughs> a lot of the poets that I think we would reference in English literature classes are men. Yeah, and I think it's a cool thing. Like, like a lot of Whitman's themes are very masculine, but it's like poetry is not seen as masculine. So it's kind of like maintaining masculinity, not rejecting masculinity, but like going beyond like the kind of the negative influence about masculinity. It's like okay, let's 
still appreciate this masculinity, but we can do it in this way because we we're not pushing away poetry. We're not rejecting poetry. Yeah. I think the other thing that I could say, and uh, I can think we can probably say it's different of semantics, but Noah was willing to take some risk, mm-hmm. even though some of them came across as rather creepy or manipulative, manipulative. Yeah. Um, but based off the idea of differences in social status, it would probably presume that I would not want to cross that line or I would not want, I couldn't, I would think like she's out of my league, which mm-hmm. is another great movie, but, <laughs> <laughs> but that's, you know, I can't do that, but he was willing to see like, this is maybe someone I could have a relationship mm-hmm. um, with. And even then when he's engaging with her family, he is kind of showing, he didn't like the question was asked, what do you do? He didn't shy away from it. He said, like, I work at the lumber mill or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, how much do you make? And there's kind of this silence. Like he recognized that this was not something that was acceptable to them, but he was still willing to be himself and share with that. Mm-hmm. Um, the parts that I would say are, uh, unhealthy mm-hmm. for Noah are the, the way after Ali left mm-hmm. and the way he numbed himself yeah. and, uh, whether you could say that's through substances, alcohol or work. Mm-hmm. And I think that is very typical of men when they are go- have gone through something difficult mm-hmm. of numbing it, sweeping it under the rug. And it's usually through one of those two things yeah. or any number of other things. And he has trouble being vulnerable with her as well. And I think it's a lot of like, as men, we get the message, like we're not supposed to feel things except anger. Yep. So a lot of the feelings that he has that he experienced when he lost his friend in the war, mm-hmm. um, was numbed through alcohol was happened, came out through anger and, and come out in other ways that were yeah. not as quote unquote. Yeah, and I'm thinking of a scene too, when, uh, Ali came back and he has, built this room for her, for her to do her art. That's a, okay. Like, Oh, he built this room, mm-hmm. but it took him for him is I have to do this work as opposed to, can I tell her Yeah, like that expression mm-hmm. yeah. of this is what I remember is important to you. And here's how come, and let me show you this. It was a more just like walk into it, you yeah. know, you do that. And then I'll pop in the mirror back in the door and everybody mm-hmm. go, ah, yeah. but that was another way of saying my work is going to express my affection for you and my feelings towards you, as opposed to, can I open up and share this? Right. Yeah. And the other thing I was going to bring up to this is just, he was really mean to Martha. Yeah. He was just like very dismissive of her. Like he was clearly very using her. Um, and she was pretty sweet to him and like having that dinner with, um, Ellie and not like freaking out or anything like she seems like a pretty cool person. Yeah. And he was pretty rude to her for a yeah. while as well. So that was the other thing that I think kind of yeah. that masculinity piece, he was just kind of like being mean, rude and like dismissive, like that idea that men are supposed to be like not as interested in relationships and dismissive and yeah. yeah. I can go with that. All right. Do you want to get into the last category? You, you can start. Was, oh, was, uh, doing your job. Does the movie send healthy relationships? Eh. Does the movie send healthy messages about relationships just in general? Okay. Do you want to start with this one or do you want me to start? Can I make a summary statement real quick for both of ours? Yes, yes, please. I think they both have growth over time about relationships and it moves from unhealthy to healthier yeah. to some degree for each one. And I think for yours, she's all that you see that change over a couple months mm-hmm. and you see, you get to see that kind of final product. Yeah. Um, whereas the notebook there's very unhealthy 
enmeshment. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, who am I? It's based off who you think I am, all that kind of stuff. What do others want me to do? And you don't see the final product. You, we don't get the the luxury of seeing what goes on in middle age, right. adulthood, for either of them. For either of them. Yeah. We just have that scene, those moments at the end mm-hmm. where you see that there was something that likely you could break the, the, the guess that something went on in middle adulthood after they got together that was formative enough that they developed a marriage that was successful mm-hmm. and healthier. Um, implied, but yes. Implied, yes. Uh, and that was kind of the final product that you see. Mm-hmm. So you could say also that Noah's like, when, as Noah's writing all this out, you know, that would be a, instead of just, ah, yeah, it happened, an expression of this was a story, this was our story, mm-hmm. putting that, all that down on paper. Yeah. Yeah. So the fact that it is a story kind of shows that he sees progression in his kind of, um, I would argue that there's still some boundary stuff with them. Okay. In terms of how he acted at the very end, I do think what he was doing was sweet in terms of like telling her their story. Um, but I do think it had some kind of like selfish motivation just to get her to remember, get her to like have a lucid moment. And that kind of like happened and it was nice for a moment. And then it was like really bad for her medically. And then it kind of like it kind of went back and forth. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that it would be helpful to know that in between time, yeah, in between where things were kind of like crazy for the second time. And they had those few days where they were kind of like with each other. And then Ali went back to Lon and then came back to him. Like what became of their relationship? Like we know they had kids. We know that they stayed together and didn't divorce. Well, we're pretty sure. Yeah. Cause I guess she wouldn't remember if they did divorce. Yeah. Um, but we don't know that in between, like they could have still had that kind of arguing all the time and stuff kind of relationship. We don't know. Uh, I hope they didn't. So, but that's, I think that point of arguing, uh, if they maintain how they argued as young adults, Mm -hmm. unhealthy relationship, arguing in and of itself is not atypical of couples. Right. And Mm -hmm. they could have gotten to a point where they learned how to argue well. Yes. So I think that's a really important part. What I'm talking about. Yeah. Arguing, I was thinking more of like how they were arguing, yes. not that they were arguing. That's yeah. really the point. Um, and then I'm thinking about just my biggest thing with the healthy messages about relationship is just kind of like that understanding of like the progression of relationships in a healthy way. So I think I would say that Noah and Allie moved kind of fast, like way too fast. And I think that can lead to some that's a dangerous message. Yeah. Um, whereas She's all that was only a course of like two months, but they didn't quite get to that same like level of crazy, intense feelings. They had just kind of like moved into like, okay, let's try this relationship. Like they were still feeling each other out. And I think that's a really good like message to send is like, you know, while you're in the beginning of a relationship, you're still kind of feeling each other out. You're not going so far where you're kind of like dropping those boundaries at an inappropriate time. Okay. What so if, that's my biggest argument. What, what kind of along those lines? Because one of the big facets, major differences between these fil- two films is you have one that is really set in the late nineties mm-hmm. and you have another that is set in the late forties, early fifties. Maybe. Right. Do you think that there's a difference in what we would determine like the health of relationships difference of like pause for a quick that second. time period? Yeah. What was that? Pause for a quick second. And so I think I have a clear understanding of when you say like which movie was set in which time frame, but just in case anyone at home doesn't know, could you like let them know as you're referring yeah. to like which movie is set in which time period? Sure. So the notebook was 
um, set in like the after like pre World War Two, pre World War Two, yeah, after so World War Two time period, where it was very typical, I would say, of men or men and women to uh, man's going off to war, get married very quick. That all happened very quick, and then he comes back or maybe doesn't come back. You know, mm-hmm. so the function of the intensity of a relationship was that I may be gone mm-hmm. pretty wow. quick, as That's opposed to point. later yeah. on, it's. Ah, we got it's just high school, and then we got college, and yeah. so the function of and the agent's marriage has gone on. Gone on. So yeah, they're yeah. not looking at I'm getting married in uh, by 21. They're looking I'm getting married maybe late 20s, early 30s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the notebook is if it's really ex- well not expected, it would be the norm to say that marriage happened earlier. But there were a lot of other historical yeah. events that would have shaped how they maybe approached the relationship. I think it's a really good show. The only counterpoint I have to that is her relationship with Lon, right? She had what looked to be a pretty healthy relationship with Lon that went over a period of time that they went kind of like and got engaged and that she was involved in. But that's not what she wanted. She went back and like, that's an unhealthy relationship. Like you're a healthy message that you're like in a really healthy relationship, but you leave that for a guy you knew for two months when you were 17. Uh, yeah, summer fling. Yeah, summer fling, basically. But that, because that, that's where your biggest feelings are. And like, in fact, those feelings sometimes, because they're so intense, can lead to some of these other problems. But I also think that speaks to, in a way, what she was getting from Lon was not what was most important to her. What was most important to her? Was what whatever you like we would say feelings or emotions, but there was some type of connection she had with Noah that was not masked by the things that Lon would provide her yeah. based off what her family yeah. wanted. That's a really good way to look at it, because the way I was looking at it was kind of like the typical romantic movie where it's like it's all about chasing the feelings mm-hmm. and that if you don't have those feelings, it's not true love. And like you need to do everything you can for a person and all that stuff. But to think about it as like chasing a connection. I think it's a really good perspective because I think she did have a connection with Lon. Yeah. Um, it obviously it also came during that same war time mm-hmm. period after he recovered. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, the side note, James Marsden, who played Lon, mm-hmm. he not only gets screwed over in the notebook, he gets screwed over in Sweet Home Alabama. Oh, no, 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 no that's, that, that's a different guy. Wait, he gets screwed over in another movie, though. He does. Right? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I've, uh, I've read this before. Ah, poor guy. OK, anyway, so he. Yeah, poor Lana. <laughs> he does everything right. Is like a pretty great guy. Like yeah. he's not like a jerk. Like most of the time in romantic movies, they make the guy a jerk so you feel better about it. He's not. He's a pretty good guy. Which and I like, think he's like very like he's got they got chemistry together. They're kind of fun. But now, yeah. poor James Marsden. Yeah. God, bless his heart. <laughs> anyway, so I think that um, there is a connection with Lon. I just wonder about if it's the things that were most important to Allie, what we, I think I could say is that they were the things that were most important to her family. Yeah. And I think that's all something we have to navigate in relationships are what, how do we think through what does our, our family kind of tell us is important and what for us, maybe some of those things are similar. Maybe those, some of those things are different and how do we navigate that as we uh, are in relationships with others? Mm-hmm. But then she says she loves Lon and then goes back to <laughs> So that there's that that happens too. Uh, I do have one more point, and this is kind of like um, this is going to feel a little discombobulated because I have it in my notes and I didn't mention it earlier. Uh, when it comes to helping messages about relationships, one of the more important relationships messages you get at the end of She's All That is defining the relationship. Mm. So um, 
because Zach was trying to like hide his feelings for Lainey for a little bit and like trying to like play it off. Like, Oh, I'm just doing this for the bet. Um, and they didn't define their relationship that kind of like allowed for Dean to kind of move in and like ask out Lainey and like Zach got really jealous after that happened. I was pretty upset about it, but like he never like actually like had the conversation with Lainey about like his feelings for him and like, or feelings for her. Sorry. And again, growth over time. Cause eventually he did do that, but it's really important to kind of like define the relationship as you go on. And like, that doesn't mean like saying we're in a relationship really fast. That just means kind of like checking in with people is like, where are you at? Like those are hard relationships to have. Cause sometimes people are at different points. People like, I'm like, I want to be exclusive. I want to be a relationship. And the other person's like, I'm not quite sure yet. I'm still kind of yeah. in the feeling out phase. That'd be a really hard conversation to have. Yeah. And like, I'm sure there was some fear that kind of like made that conversation hard for Zach to have or for Lainey to have for that matter. That kind of held them back from having that conversation, but kind of like checking in with each other and like defining where they were at would have like, and also being honest about the fact that this started as a bet, like that would have been good too. Um, <laughs> would have kind of like prevented some of the problems. So I think that by the fact that Zach didn't define the relationship, things went wrong. That's the movie sending the message that that's an important piece of. Yeah. So I didn't know where to fit that into what we were talking about before, but I had to throw that. DTRs are important. Yeah. Very important. They happen all the time. What? Very important piece. Very important. Do they need to happen all the time? Probably not, but yeah. at certain junctures, just to, once Absolutely. you know, you can't unknow. But once right. you know, you can also start to say, what are the things that we can adjust mm-hmm. to maybe do differently? Yeah. Okay. And I think, too, along those lines, Allie and Noah didn't get to have that mm-hmm. because Allie's parents removed her. But they were also like, I love you pretty early. So they were defining it in that way. That, but maybe that, that, but that, like that was coming our, at a not, They weren't defining their future. But they were defining like where they were at. They were def- well. That was defined early on that they do care for each other, they do love each other. But that where the no, they, they love each other. They They're love each love. other. Okay. They're having intense, crazy feelings after two months. The relationship was going to change because she was going off to college, mm-hmm. and that was what seemed to be the conversation that was looming. Also, didn't yeah? Didn't she not tell him? She didn't tell him. Yeah. So she had this big like life thing coming up, and she just didn't talk to him about it. And so that's where I think part of the breakup stemmed from. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there was, a, I think, seemed like an expectation that conversation was going to happen and it never did because her family moved away after the summer mm-hmm. abruptly. And that left them at like a, I wonder, I think that I wonder. Yeah. And because the I wonder it lingered for mm-hmm. several Six years. years. Yes. Yeah. Several Oof. years. It's a long time to be hung up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Denzel. Go one if you could go one category at a time and let us know what your thoughts are. Uh, one category at a time. So it's like I think that that makes, it, <laughs> that makes it a lot harder. But I will okay. say that. Um, so before giving any input or feedback about this, I had to totally shift my mind frame because I kind of came into it with this hope of. Uh, these would be, <laughs> these would be two great relationships, and whose relationship was going to be better? <laughs> but then getting into it, it was like now it's like okay, well, what's the lesser of the two evils? <laughs> uh, so I, I I do want to say uh, before giving any feedback and who's the winner or any of this, there's a lot on both sides that I would not condone on a therapist level or a researcher level, and even. Uh, 
from my own personal experiences, there's a lot of behaviors that I wouldn't condone from both relationships. <laughs> so just because I, I name one person or one movie a winner doesn't mean uh, that you should do those things. First, Can and I also point out that I love this movie so much that I don't even know what Denzel's talking about. I was like, what are you talking about? There's nothing negative in my movie. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Wow. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Just for the record. And then he just winked as if he's not kidding. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I do love this movie though, and like I yeah. And I and anyway. I also I also will say it's it's also really hard to judge and gauge because it sounds like as again I haven't seen any of these movies. In terms, if we take like I guess just a part of a, a good movie and isolate that, it sounds like both of these movies could be really good movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, if you just just isolate the relationship part, the growth is there, and it sounds like initially both of these are really sucky, shitty relationships. <laughs> and so, when also deciding who's the winner of these movies, I'm trying to put it in the context of both, in a sense. So, in a sense of these messages are coming from these movies. And so, whenever viewers view these movies i also hope they view them with a skeptical lens as well if that makes sense as you should with all movies for sure yeah uh so starting out with the first category is how healthy is the relationship i'm gonna have to give this one to uh to eric and she's all that i think that's the name of the movie she's all that yeah and again it just goes back to uh it's the lesser of the two evils in the, <laughs> in the sense of, I think in, in terms of a movie and the development of a movie that, um, the notebook did a really great job and really hyping it up and I guess over exaggerating it in that way. So if this was just about the movie, like I would give it to that. But since it's because it's about the relationship and how healthy that relationship is as well, uh, I'm going to have to give it to, and I say this to, I I, I say this to not, uh, again, say that this is a healthy behavior, but if I had to choose between a manipulator in the sense of hanging off the side of a Ferris wheel and saying, you know, you, you have to date me or else I'm going to do X, Y, and Z versus a manipulator in the sense of this is a game and we'll see what happens from that. I'm going to have to go with that direction. Oh, it's fair. fair Still still not healthy at all by any stretch (laughs) of the imagination, but I'm going to have to go that direction. And also like, I do want to point out that, I think what Denzel's saying is really important about the notebook. It's like if it was a movie about like a really healthy relationship that like started to blossom and like it would be really boring. Like you have to add that intensity to make it an interesting movie. And I think that like that's unfortunate for your case. That's like the person <laughs> yeah. trying to argue for it. But like that added some drama to it. Like that made it like yeah. really like interesting. So exactly. Exactly. So uh, let's so I'm giving one point, Eric. Let's let's move to the main protagonist displaying healthy masculinity. So this one is really hard because as we talk about that growth and just how how both of them started in a really I wouldn't even say baseline. I would say and they started 
subpar, definitely below zero. And both of them showed, in one sense or another, some healthy, uh, some uh, some healthy growth in that way. With this one, hmm. Let's come back to this one. <laughs> <laughs> So, so oh, the anticipation. This. So, does, does the movie send healthy messages about relationships? No, neither one of them does. <laughs> uh, to get that out there, and again, I think it 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 just goes back, and it and it hurts. Uh, it hurts Hunter and his point because, in terms of just it being a good movie, that. Um, in terms of it just being a good movie that the notebook would definitely take this category in the sense of uh you know just showing how the passion is there if we want to you know engage people and get their uh to get their interest and involve them in that way uh so initially i would say that i would give eric this point however hunter brought up a really good point about the contextual factors of the time of uh, what relationships looked like during that time, how just even how quickly re- relationships moved back then for different reasons, which I won't get too heavy into the research and, and that aspect. But I think Hunter brought up really good points in that sense as well, the contextual factors. And with that being said, I think I'm going to give this point to Hunter. Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm going to give this one to Hunter. And again, that one uh, wasn't easy. All right, all right. I respect your... Respect your choice. Okay. I'll hold back on thoughts. Okay. But again... And sweating bullets because I don't want anything to be misconstrued in what I'm trying to get across. <laughs> again, none of these are healthy relationships. Okay. So they do last, have healthy aspects to them. Like they're they, not healthy relationships on the aggregate, but they do have healthy stuff to them. Definitely. And I wish in the sense that we could see more of the growth just had, as you guys were saying, the in-between pieces that we missed and kind of the future of what that relationship could potentially look like. I wish we could see some more of that. And even those turning points of what they did that was healthy, that trend that helped transition into some of these healthier relationships in the future. Just as a viewer, I think that could be really helpful for people to see and witness and take on some of those good aspects as well. Not going to lie, I thought I had this this one completely wrapped up. I thought this one was like the easiest one for me. Because I was like, (laughs) the point about the time period is really good, but I thought I had this totally wrapped up. So I was like, every time something bad happens and she's all that, they have bad consequences. So I thought I had that one. All right. right. Let's hear the masculinity verdict. Okay. So the masculinity verdict in which I'm going to need to, we're going to have to extend this a little bit more than we wanted to. Okay. But for the masculinity verdict, I, so this is two parts. Hear me out on both parts. Part one. This is going to be a tie for this part. And the reason being is because, so for one, that one was just really close anyways. But the reason being, I want to give each of you roughly a minute, a minute and a half 
to give me any final argument for your point of the movie. As in, any 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 final point that you would like to make that you think could help tip you over into winning this argument. So, but it has to be about your movie and not the other movie. Okay, and is it just in one category or just overall? Overall. Mm-hmm. I think the crux of the notebook is that early on, it's about Ali and Noah together and how they navigate that in all their unhealthy ways, uh, relationship patterns, all that kind of stuff. And the, the climactic point of the film is when Noah essentially asks Allie, what do you want? And instead of, uh, he goes like, not what, any, not what I want you to do, not what your parents want you to do. And so Noah could have used that time as a, here's what I want, all this kind of stuff. Here's what your parents, like this is as a pressure. It was literally what, what is it that you want out of all of this? So instead of making him have ownership of that choice, he gave it to her recognize that he that was very vulnerable and very risky for him to do that i think was a step in the direction of recognition of ali this is where ali needs to stand i need to let ali make this choice for ali and i need to kind of step back and not like pressure her and also hopefully no one else can have that pressure and i think that let would lead to a healthier relationship Ooh, very compelling Eric, what do you got? Okay. So as I kind of have kind of hinted at, I think the biggest thing that I see from She's All That is it's a movie about progress. It's a movie about growth. It's a movie about becoming who you are and these two people becoming a relationship. And it's all kind of like symbolic. Those things happen at the same time. So Lainey at the beginning was a caretaker. She took care of her family. She was kind of a social outcast. She had lots of walls up. She didn't want to like connect with the person. And that came out in her interactions with other people. It came out in her art. It came out in lots of ways. And again, an art, something she's very passionate about, but like had a block because she was having trouble connecting to people. Zach was so tied up in pressure and so tied up in like being told what he's supposed to do and what success means and what a popular guy is supposed to be, that he wasn't able to kind of be himself. Um, and they started as a relationship as a bet. You know, I started this relationship in a really kind of like um, a poor way to start a relationship. But by the end of the movie, Lainey is showing who she is. She's kind of like shown growth in terms of like opening up to people. She, her art has shown growth. Uh, Zach is shown growth in terms of like rejecting those messages and being who he wants to be. Um, not having to like really fall into anything except for like, okay, what do I want to be? And how do I kind of live my life with all these pressures that still exist? But like, how do I like make myself happy and do what I want to do? And the relationship grows as they like go from, you know, Zach trying to like, 
be weird and flirty and her kind of like pushing back and like, I don't want anything to do with this to them being able to talk to each other about issues and being able to talk to each other about like really hard things in their life. Like my mom died when I was young and Zach talking about like the pressures that my dad puts on me and they were able to kind of like express those things to each other, make each other feel safe, expressing those things to each other, being vulnerable. And then that leading to them sharing their feelings about each other and, you know, feeling like Julia Roberts in the end. But which Julia Roberts movie was it? I think it was in Pretty Woman, which I thought was kind of a funny thing. But she did say like, and I think that's supposed to be symbolic of like her. Um, I don't know. It's kind of like the social class difference as more so than her being a prostitute, because she's certainly not a prostitute. Um, but it's just kind of like feeling that magic and fun in the end after you like express the feelings and kind of gone through all of this together. Okay. Okay. So uh, I do have I do have a winner, and so before, before before I name this winner, there was a method to my madness of making this the making you guys do one more final point. Uh, so originally, if we take the categories out of it and just give a winner based off of the overall movie and the healthy relationships, I would give it to Eric and cheese all that, but. Because we are doing this through categories, and the categories were so tight and so slim, which is why I had you to give a final point. The final point that I decided to go with, and the winner of this debate in the podcast episode is Hunter in the Notebook. With the final point being that uh, I think his name is Noah, really uh, was able to to put his masculinity in check in a sense and ask, what's the young lady's name? The, Allie. And asked Allie what she wanted out of all of this. And so within the context of this episode and us really talking about masculinity and that what we want to hone in on that, I think that takes a lot of uh, you have to give a lot of major points to that and so as this was really hard to determine a winner I'm going to give it to Hunter in the notebook man I really dropped the ball here it was a pleasure having a debate with you sir I recommend both these movies though but not, they are both like Denzel movies, mentioned yeah. uh, maybe not so much taking on and saying like ooh I'll try that mm. Yeah, and Eric, especially I, I wouldn't say you dropped the ball. Both of these movies are are, are really. Nah, man, I dropped easy, the ball. This should have been easy. easy. This should have been easy from the outside looking in to say that both of these movies are really easy to to argue the negatives. So I would say that you you didn't drop the ball there. Man, I feel like I let Freddie Prince Jr. down. I feel like. I... I think it's always, down. these movies did not give us much to work with. <laughs> for sure. Like, but now but now if if you want to carry that burden around with you for a while, I won't who am I, I will, to take that yeah. who am I to take that from you? So go right ahead. But I'd like to personally apologize to Freddie Prince Jr. and Rachel Lee Cook. You guys are great. This wasn't on you, this is on me. I'd like to personally thank Ryan Gosling <laughs> and Rachel McAdams and uh, you know Yeah. It's been Eric, Eric, don't be an enabler. I think you need to let them take ownership for their own relationship. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs>
Thanks for being on with us today, Thanks Hunter. Congratulations on your blast. victory. You are now undefeated in uh, relationship <laughs> sure. movie arguments. I don't know. You probably will take that to your yeah, grave. Yeah, I don't I know how many times it'll happen. Idea. And I think that I know this is a theme that y'all have taking films, TV shows, all that kind of stuff and presenting different sides of the argument. I think it, uh, and I think this idea in general is a wonderful idea of seeing how these messages come out and what we consume on a daily basis. Appreciate it. So thank you all for doing this. Yeah, appreciate it. Appreciate it, Hunter. All right. So to wrap up for today, we're going to read out some uh, uh, feedback we got from some fans. I'll let Denzel start and then I have one as well. Okay. And this comes from um, Allison Rayburn, who is also an Appalachian State grad from the, uh, from our master's program, but also a recent Florida State grad, and she is a new professor. But Allison Rayburn said, and this is in reference to the Blackish episode of our podcast, that she is honored to learn from two friends and scholars, referring to Dr. Jordan and I. I learned more about what is Juneteenth, Black Independence Day, relationships on the show Blackish within context, and a discussion around the N word. I also learned a new concept, intentional systemic malpractice. What a privilege to learn from these two amazing friends and scholars. Thanks. I highly recommend checking this out. Excellent. And then we also have a, a, a sh- that was a really good one. We should have left. We should end with that. <laughs> uh, we also have a couple others. So um, we have a tweet from Katie Tran with at KD Purry, which is hilarious. Uh, she says one episode, this is, this is from a while ago. So she tweeted one episode and I'm hooked Relevate podcast. Keep them coming. We're doing our best just because of the structure of our podcast. It, it's a little bit of time in between each, but I'm glad that you enjoyed it. And then we also have, um, so I shamelessly promoted the podcast on Reddit cause I, yes. cause I, I was, I was on the Degrassi, um, subreddit and just posted something about like, uh, what's the healthiest relationship on Degrassi and just saw what people had on feedback. Um, so there was a lot here. So thanks to everyone who did respond. Um, Slam on the break said, I love this podcast. Thank you. Slam on the break. Um, there's a lot of uh, feedback on what they thought was good relationships as well. So that was fun to read as well. Um, so thank you for uh, everyone who responded there. Uh, if you want us to give you a shout out, uh, go ahead and either tweet at us, email us at relevate podcast, uh, Gmail or whatever else way of coming into contact that you can. And we'll, we'll give you a shout pigeon. out on the podcast, carrier pigeon. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> also, I don't know what reference slam on the breaks name is, is used in, but, uh, I love that name. And so yeah. <laughs> I may start trying to incorporate that in everyday conversation. <laughs> shout out to slam on the brakes. Slam on the brakes. <laughs>